You're listening to the Delay of Game podcast with your hosts, Matt and Wit. Hey, everybody. We're back for another week of NFL action. It's your host, Matt, and it's Wit. So we have a lot to talk about this week, I feel like. There's a lot of different things. Um, I don't want to spoil my feelings on some of these, so I don't... Let's maybe jump into the games before uh, before All right, my well, emotions come out and I can't control things. You know what? It says a lot about you that you recognize your your instability on certain issues and you don't want to to open that wound a little bit too early. Not so just I'm yet. I'm with you. Let's go ahead and jump right into it then, man. We've had a I think this is probably the craziest week of NFL I can remember. It's Every week this season, isn't it? Every week it's like, man, this yeah. week is just insane. And like, it just keeps topping itself. Improbable comebacks, blowouts that shouldn't happen, just things that you don't typically see as regularly. This week you got them in every game, it feels like. it's. I think it's got to be the most one-score games like of ever a season because I think 15, or no, it was like 15 games were played, like 13 or one score games, it's like 70, 80, 90% games are coming down to one score, one possession at the end, which is what the NFL has got to love. Oh, 100%. And if this type of energy continues, can you imagine these one score games, one possession games in the postseason? Oh, it's going to be so good. I'm wondering if this will lead to more aggressiveness down the road. Like some of these games, if, you know, maybe if I took a touchdown instead of a field goal, if I pushed for that touchdown, maybe that makes a big difference. I don't know. I, we'll see. We'll see. But, I mean, talking about crazy endings, blown leads, <laughs> all <laughs> we're opening up <laughs> all in one game. We're talking about the Minneapolis Vikings. I'm sorry, Minnesota Vikings against the Indianapolis Colts. I think they might be the Minnesota uh, Indianapolis Vikings at this point. They own, <laughs> they own them, I believe. If you have the greatest or the greatest comeback, yeah. Of yeah, all no, the, time. I feel like yeah. you own that team for at least a while. I, you know what? I'm not going to say it's the greatest comeback. I think it is the greatest, like, implosion greatest of all flop. time. Like, you know what? I take it back. Maybe not. Because you had an interim head coach who's never had any head coaching experience. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this one off of them. I'm going to go with what you said before. Greatest comeback of all time. By points, you got to say. It's at least by points. But, yeah, you're right. They're playing... An interim head coach. We said this would be a problem for the Colts. Like, <laughs> yeah, like everybody else, everybody in the yeah. NFL world, except for Jim Ursay, unless he's playing the <laughs> game of like, how do we tank without taking? Oh my god! Like, I just keep seeing flashbacks to his uh to his press conference. I want a head coach who has no experience, who has no <laughs> fears, who who just got finished working a shift at Waffle House and understands the the hard work and dedication of making an hourly wave, uh, hourly living. Like this dude makes no sense. It's crazy. And then what's, I think this is what's on display here is you get up that huge lead and then you need a head coach who keeps people pushing. You can't let people relax. can't mm-hmm. let people start making mistakes. You have to keep focused. And that's, I'm assuming the sort of stuff that he doesn't really know how to bring. Like how do you keep a team motivated when right. you're up 33 points. Well, and not only that, but they're not a good team. They were only up 33 points by a lot of just flukes and giveaways, right? Like, they weren't doing anything in particular t- 
to beat the Vikings. <laughs> That's why they lost in the second <laughs> half. <laughs> so I don't Those know if it was changed. about motivation. I think it's more about there's just no talent on that team. <laughs> you still would think the 33 points up. Just keep that lead for a half. Yeah, like, I, I could see it. I, I get it. I do. I guess is this more than the coaching on the other side? The Vikings, he was able to keep them like, hey, just keep doing what we need to do. Yeah, halftime, tell everyone not to stress out. Like, I think, you know, let's just take it one step at a time and come back. Because I know if it was me and it was 33 down, I'd be like, fuck it. I'm just waiting for the end of the game. Yeah. <laughs> like, if 100%. we were playing Madden, that's not something I think I could, you know, will myself back from 33 to zero. It's true. 33 to zero in Madden, six minute quarters. At that point, I'm like, fuck, this game's over. Right. So, I, I'm with to- you. Okay. I would imagine 15 minute quarters when you're playing real life football doesn't feel that long either. No, <laughs> it's not that many I, possessions. I I'm with you. I would credit Kevin McConnell for keeping his team level headed for not letting them get too low on themselves. I think he understood that they were just out of the game because of flukes, not because of bad schemes or bad matchups or anything. He knew he had the better players. They just had to steady the boat and he did that. So kudos to him. It's impressive to be able to do that. I don't understand. I didn't get to watch everything, so I didn't see how there had to be turnovers and just all sorts of craziness occurring Yeah, at the end there. I saw a little bit at the end, but gosh, just to have that happen is just insane. So I think this has to lament uh, Kevin McConnell as coach of the year, right? He took a team that I don't think made the playoffs last year in Mike Zimmer. He's turned them into a playoff caliber team with grit. I don't think there's anyone else who's challenging him at this point. Maybe Nick Sirianni for head coach of the year. I have to agree with that. It's hard. Nick Sirianni would be the other one. I don't know who else right now, but yeah, they're definitely strong candidates. Anyone who has that good of a win record, especially yeah. in your first year. Exactly. That's very impressive. And that's going to get you a lot of votes. So just to like talk about this game really quick. It's the game itself. This was a lot of the same stuff we'd already seen and known about these teams. Like Matt Ryan, he threw for like 180 and no touchdowns. Oh, he might have one touchdowns, one touchdown. But then 1 p.m. Kirk Cousins shows up in the second half, goes off. Like, damn. Like, he put up crazy numbers, even after taking seven sacks, put up huge numbers. We know who they are at this point. That's why, like, them benching Matt Ryan... Again, you know, it's like, well, we we know what he was bringing you at this point in the season. It's not anything different. Kirk Cousins, we know he's great at one, even though he still mm-hmm. makes some mistakes at times. There's a potential to just go off with that offense. It's true, and we saw that against the Colts, who don't, aren't a very good team, as we you know talked about. So, so uh, then let me add. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say it just depends, I guess, on the scheduling come playoff times for the Vikings. It will. A lot of it will play out on that. Like, I think there's a good chance they're playing someone in the NFC East, just based on how everything looks right now. Play them at 8 o'clock. They might get bounced. (laughs) (laughs) You play them at 8 or 4, you got a good chance. (laughs) So let me ask you this. If you're in that Colts organization, if you're a Colts player, you understand the situation that you're in. Like, this is going to be a complete overhaul next season. Are guys playing for jobs for a new team at this point? Like, how do you keep your guys engaged? 
as an organization, that's tough because I think a lot of guys are thinking about next year. At this point, have to be. You're yeah, you're thinking about how do I get stats? How do I put film on tape that people are going to be excited to see, and then hopefully pay you know pay me to get that on their team. It's going to be a rebuild, obviously. They oh, have yeah, some complete. core players. They have some decent people at some spots, but the biggest question mark is quarterback. And then they also don't have a ton of weapons on the outside. Yeah. So I don't know, man. I I think you have to feel so bad for a, an organization that was, I think they're what, three years, no, four years removed from Andrew Luck, three years removed from Phillip Rivers, who got them 11 and five. Like this team should have been on the Ascension and it's just a complete bungle. It's crazy how much a quarterback can either deter or lift up your organization. It's a quarterback league for sure. Even, you know, we've seen a lot of teams start running the ball a lot more, but you at least need a marginally competent quarterback to be able yeah. to run. So that's the problem this year. They don't have someone to take any pressure off of Jonathan Taylor. Oh, and now he just got hurt again. He's he done just for the got season. hurt. So. That's the problem with the premier running back strategy. <laughs> exactly. They tend to get having a one guy. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that was a crazy game. Let's crazy. look at another crazy game that happened on Saturday. I think that's the Buffalo Bills New uh, Buffalo Bills and the Miami Dolphins game. So can we just say at this point, Josh Allen has to be the front runner for MVP? Like, stop talking about Jalen Hurts. Josh Allen is having a phenomenal year. Just completely yeah. phenomenal. He has a little. Bumpy period, I guess in the middle, but in the middle, and it was more so like just the second half of games. Like his first half of games were really good, really good. It was always the second half. <clears throat> so and, whew, he is kicking ass for sure. <laughs> He's getting hot at just the right time for voting. Um, and then and even when we say a bumpy game for him, it's still a great game or a strong game for everybody else. So oh, absolutely, He's still putting like, up a ton of yards, touchdowns. His version of a bumpy game was like Tua's game this uh this past week <laughs> a like two a game 200 two touchdowns like that's a that's not josh allen numbers but those are good Tua numbers now this is not to go back to the preseason where i was shitting all over Tua. i think he has proven that in the right scheme with the right players he can be good he is just not josh allen no there's just not many people who are him and mahomes yeah. i still think mahomes has a a fighting chance I, if you just put on the highlights alone, I think it's it could go either way. The balance could shift either way. I think they give it to Josh Allen because they've already given it to Mahomes. I could see that. It's his Josh Allen's opus year or whatever. Yeah, this is his turn. His turn, yes. But, but like this game itself, I it could have gone either way. Tua wasn't great, but Raheem Mostert, like that dude ripped off that huge run and kept them moving. Uh, sorry, I'm pulling this game up. No, you're good, man. Yeah. I mean, it's a great to see him. I mean, we know he's got a ton of talent from San Fran. He just keeps oh, yeah. getting injured over and over. So if he's healthy for a playoff run, that's going to be huge for them just to have somebody else take off some of that pressure from the passing game. Well, exactly. Well, and then I think they had Jeff Wilson, but he also got hurt. Like they've been trying to, to have guys who fit their scheme. And when they're healthy, they've been able to do that. It's just like you said, health, you know, your best ability is your availability. That's hard at running back. We've seen that it time is. and time again. It's hard. And then, I mean, if this team can get a strong, consistent running game and get safeties to walk up, then they have the speed to just destroy oh you God. over the top. So, 
Like I think that's what the uh, what the Chiefs envisioned whenever they got Clyde Edwards-Alaire, right? They envisioned having to stress a defense. Like it's crazy. Like Mike McDaniel, he's taken so much of that Kyle Shanahan philosophy in incorporated into this team, and it's paying dividends for them. Like they were in it till the very end to win their division. I don't think it's going to happen now, but they. I mean, for a while there, we were talking about them being the potential number one seeds. They were neck and neck with the Bills for a while during the season. Oh, yeah. As the division winner, the Bills only very recently has a nice uh, – they pulled away, especially with this win. Yeah. I think at this point it's locked in. But they were close for a stretch. So Yeah, yeah. They were right on the cusp. And like Everybody, including us, we were talking about potential for this team in the postseason. So. I still think they're, you know, they're on the right track. It seems like their scheme is very good. Um, oh, yeah. And so, you know, we were pretty critical of how things played out with the coaching. I still don't know if it was done the right way, but right. he has proven to be a great head coach. Yeah. At like, least his scheme is great. We had questions about how the last guy was gone and what was happening there. But the Mike McDaniels hire, it's clear that it's been a success at this point. Yes. I love the whole, like you said, it's the Kyle Shanahan, it's the Sean McVay idea of that. I'm just going to destroy you with my best players. Yeah. They threw 20 times to Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. That's crazy. Nobody else had more than two targets. But let that's your what best you players want. play. Like yeah. That's what you want. Like, my guy is better than your guy. All I have to do is give him chances and opportunities. Like, it is not a hard concept, and they are doing it to perfection. Like they are getting their guys involved, and you gotta respect that. We're seeing teams handle having two receivers very well, especially I'm assuming you can't double somebody because you know if you have just one number one, you probably want to throw it to him ten times a game. But they're yep. double, triple teaming him. If you don't have these numbers, number two, that's a solid number two, or even some teams are getting down to like they want top three guys, like really strong three. That way, it's incredibly yeah. difficult. Uh, so we're seeing them take advantage that they have two guys who are both number ones, which I know we've sometimes even questioned, like, how many times can you throw the ball? But this yeah. is the, the mentality. If you want to have two number ones, you target each of them 10 plus times. Like, just exactly. go into town with both of them because one of those two is going to be open in a play. You just need a quarterback and who can recognize who's going to be. You're absolutely right. Like, my, I've always said, I think, like you've always said as well, like, there's only one ball to go around. Having all of these guys doesn't make your team better. But... We're wrong. These guys can make your team better. You just have to force feed it to them. Well, like, that's why I, it makes sense. Like Mike Jacecki, they kept him around. They're barely using him. There's no reason. Like, know who you yeah. are. If you're going to do this, you don't need a number. Don't go draft a number top five tight end, top 10 tight end, right? Like, exactly. Build the rest of your team around this idea that I'm going to feed these two guys and then build a roster to support that. I think you mm-hmm. can. If, that, if you also, if you have a good scheme that can get those two guys open and then just yeah. draft people who can be role players around them. I think most people get so wrapped up in the, the chiefs mentality where they have Travis Kelsey and Tyree kill and Patrick Mahomes and like, Oh, we could beat you so many different ways. But if you really think about it, it, it was just those two guys. They didn't put huge investments in their number two receiver. They didn't put huge. Well, they did in Clyde Edwards, a but that's not working out for them. Like they invested in a running back and I think the second or third this past season or this past draft who is going off like don't pay huge them. money to these role players yeah they were also doing a great job at bringing in uh 
older veteran receivers to fill in that number two exactly. and three spot. By and also like just cheap trades to get them in for a year or two, bring someone else in. So again, know what you're going to do and build around it. And then it makes a ton of sense. Kind of what the Eagles are doing right now. It's true. You know, I I will say this though. I'm really excited for this Dolphins team moving forward. This is like the first step. And I'm just hoping this isn't one of those like those situations where no one has tape on you and you don't know how to adapt. But if there's anything that we know about Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay, these guys know how to adapt to the league as the league as the league adapts to them. So I am excited for that team moving forward. 100%. Do they seem they're on the right track? They're just in a tough division, though. With the Jets playing better, with the Bills have the leader. If they were in a, the AFC South, they'd run away with it easily. It's true. I mean, wow, who would have thought, like, once the Patriots fell off, it was just like a foregone conclusion that it was going to be the Bills division for the next 10 years. And then here comes the, the Dolphins trying to make noise. Like, that, that could be a fun division to watch. It's one of the better ones. The East right now in both divisions is a lot of fun. Real quick, I have to concur. You were talking about Josh Allen. This is like, uh, I just want to point out how great of a Josh Allen game this was. 300 yeah. yards, four touchdowns, no picks, 77 rushing yards. The dude yes. put the team on his back. Oh, yeah. He was like seven yards a carry. Like That's ridiculous. The only thing he did really wrong is he fumbled twice, uh, which is terrible. But uh, you're going to have you know some, what? some turnovers. Thankfully, he did enough to win. If it's me and you're the size of Josh Allen, you kind of bet on yourself. Like you expect to be able to hold on to the ball. Yeah, those are you can't do that. Didn't cost them this game, but moving forward, that could be an issue. He may want to slide or get out of bounds. <laughs> Something to be aware about. Uh, he doesn't fumble a ton, I don't believe, though. On those, especially those designed runs. He's oh no, fumble like, a lot. It's crazy. And what's weird is when you look at Josh Allen, you're like, that dude can't possibly be that fast. He's a, a tree. Like it's crazy. We see a ton of athletic quarterbacks, a ton of guys who are like, really? They're that quick? And then, yeah, I think it helps, too, that like when you're running, everyone else is running in different, you know, they're not running towards you and stuff. They're not playing you. They're usually playing a receiver, playing a running back. They're running away from you. And then you come running up there and then they have to like turn around and try to accelerate. So I'm assuming that helps a lot, but he does run past people. So he does. Like, I can assure you if like. I'm on the field and that big redwood motherfucker is running at me. I'm making a, I'm making a business decision. Like I'm falling to the ground. Oh, not contact injury just for this play. I'm, I'm down. Pull my groin. Oh, <laughs> that's right. Like something hurt. I can't tackle him, but then he's on the ground. Oh, I'm back. I'm good. <laughs> Pop like, right back. I up. Just, You're nah, flopping I like it's a war cup. Is that what I'm hearing? Oh shit. <laughs> oh shit. Whoa. Okay. I don't follow the World Cup, but I hear it was one of the greatest World Cups in history, like the the way the game played out and for Messi and all that other stuff. So I won't I won't shit on the World Cup. OK, people can get mad at you for that. I give people <laughs> plenty of reasons to be mad at me. I'm not giving them an extra one. I enjoy the World Cup, except for all the floppers. But <laughs> I mean, right. it's kind of like watching the NBA. So there you go. <laughs> I just it's pretty close. It's like watching Shakespeare in the park sometimes. <laughs> Yes, it's some great acting there. That's why Shaq got a job. That's how he got into the business. But okay, real I mean, quick. You're right. Go ahead. I was just bringing us back. Bring us back. Yeah, yeah. I was about to go off on another tangent. Good job, Matt. Good I job. I think guys like Josh Allen show you why 4-4 four, four speed isn't always, or four speed, 40 speed isn't always the most important thing. I'm mm-hmm. sure he's not a 4-3 guy. 
I haven't actually looked up what his time is. Probably real fast. But the difference in 4.6, 4.7, and a 4.4 when you're running like this isn't huge. No, it's in your How absolute. quickly can you get up there? How agile are you? There's a lot of other things that play into it other than just straight line speed. So looking at it here, Josh Allen's uh, 40 was a 4.7. 4.7.6. Four, seven. That's still ridiculously quick considering how, you know, he's not a skinny dude. Like no, he's built. that dude is thick. Yeah, he's thick. So when you're moving that quick, a lot of it, I, like, we haven't, you know, we don't need to look this up. But I'm sure his, like, acceleration times are pretty good. His oh, agility yeah. is clearly evident there, right? Like, we can see that football speed is still really high, even though, oh, he wasn't a 4-4. And I, correct me if I'm wrong. You might know off the top of your head, but they don't make uh, quarterbacks do, like, the shuttle drills or the cone drills or anything. So you can't see, you can't really pick up a guy's agility or burst or anything like that. I don't know if they do. I would imagine they probably don't need to, right? They're not thinking exactly. about that like as a super measurable. They maybe some of the speedy guys do. I don't think maybe. they all do though. We should look that up this off season. Agreed. So we'll put a Agreed. pin in that for next year. Okay. Well, Matt, let's keep this bitch moving forward, man. So the right. what, the greatest ending of all time is that the next game. I the think worst ending of all time. <laughs> <laughs> I think if not the greatest, has to be up there with like top five like this new england patriots uh raiders game was absolutely insane from the controversial touchdown Down. yep to the improbable reception i guess is the best way i can think of it like this game had it all so yeah this game was just nuts at the end here another great amazing finish um so just to i guess spoil it like what I really want to talk about is that last play by the <laughs> by New England. One, we don't give a shit about everything else, but let's talk about that last. One, they play. didn't have confidence in Mac Jones to throw it deep for a hail mary, so they're trying to go win the game. Right? It's tied. They yeah, have it's tied. I think they were playing for the tie. I think it was tied. It was. Yeah. Yeah. It was a tie. All they had to do was let it go to overtime, but they're trying to get the field goal. Makes sense. They're unwilling to chuck it deep with Mac Jones to try to move the ball. So you mm-hmm. just do like a dump off pass. The running back breaks it huge, but they're running out of time. He decides to lateral the ball. Ugh. So he laterals it. The first one gets to a guy, but it goes back pretty far. Yeah, Jacoby Myers. Goes to him. And then he laterals it, tries to throw it to Mac Jones, who's like 20 yards behind him. I and who runs like a 5'6". Like, why are you lateraling it well. to him? Yeah. We've seen his body. Like <laughs> <laughs> Mac Jones moves like me, probably. <laughs> He doesn't move quick, but and also like you can't throw a forward pass at that point. The ball's gone past the line of scrimmage. Exactly. So it's not a flea flicker anymore or anything like that. It's not some, the most exotic flea flicker of all time. No, it was just a bad mistake. He hits right on the, what's his name? Chandler or, Jones, Chandler Jones, the perfect guy for them to catch it. He <laughs> stiffs arms the hell of Mac Jones. Just Mac Jones like is in doll. the earth. Yeah. And then oh just bust it for the touchdown to win the game. That's time. Exp- in zero, zero seconds on the clock. It was amazing. I honestly thought it was incredibly fitting that their uh, New England Patriots offense fucked them again. <laughs> like Matt Patricia, that dude needs to be out of coaching. Like <laughs> unless he's a defensive coordinator. And now I'm convinced he really isn't that good. He just had good players. Like he had Stefan Gilmore, right? Like, who was shutting down half of the field? Good like, players. Bill Belichick coaching. You had yeah, like, good offense. I don't know. 
Mm-mm. No. And now there's talk uh, at this point after the past two seasons that uh, that Robert Kraft is thinking about a divorce from Bill Belichick. Like your way has run out. We need to infuse some youth, blah, blah, blah. blah. I mean, based off what I'm seeing, I don't think Mac Jones is a bad quarterback, but he, he's not the guys we've talked about before. Josh Allen's Patrick Mahomes. He's not even like some of the other guys in his draft class. They're showing uh, more exactly. promise than him. Josh McDaniels, we talked about last year, made it super easy for him. A hundred percent. They relied on running the ball, easy throws, and defense. Yeah. And with Hell, that, Patricia, that's not occurring. It's not the same yeah, QB-friendly uh, system. Hell, one of his wins last year was against the Bills, where he really only passed the ball twice, and the rest was just runs. Yeah, they protected the hell out of him. I mean, maybe it's a situation where Matt Patricia's like, hey, look, we're going to give you the opportunity. We're going to open it up a little bit more. But they don't have the talent to do that. They have the tight ends, I guess. (laughs) I don't. We knew that was going to be a problem, too. They got a billion tight ends, no receivers. Oh, I love it. I love it. I I honestly forgot that they went and got like a thousand tight ends like an offseason ago. They spent a ton of money on just two tight ends, and one of them is hurt all the time. And the other one it's was true. not worth that kind of money. And that's the thing I hate about free agency. Yeah, there's the excitement, but especially a guy you've only known his name one season. Uh, no. Not no, smart. No, no, no. Not smart at all. You know, so let's look at the other side of this game, right? The crazy ridiculous call continues the bad officiating trend in the NFL at some point the NFL is going to have to start like reprimanding or punishing having consequences for these blown calls right there's a ton of them that so the call we're talking about is the Raiders end zone touchdown that clearly based on what everybody could see at home it's pretty obvious his foot stepped on the white his second foot did not come in fully inbounds his toes stepped out of bounds that's not a catch yeah continue not to know what a catch is which is the most ridiculous thing ever like that should be the easiest part of football did he catch it cool the end did he land fully inbounds with two feet or a body part no he didn't not a no that's not a catch that's not a catch but there's no rhyme or reason or consistency other than it's inconsistency like what is the NFL going to do? Like they have to do something like games are being lost because of these terrible calls. They're directly affecting outcomes of games at this point. Oh yeah. So like the Raiders should have never had the chance to, should have never been tied. Right. Exactly. It should have been a totally different game there at the end where the, the, uh, Patriots. Sorry, the Patriots were just protecting their lead and not trying to go down and actually just win it. So, it's absurd. They don't seem to care. I don't, I'm still convinced. I think I threw this out last year when we had these problems mm-hmm. uh, with refereeing. I think the NFL doesn't care because people still watch and it just causes drama. It causes lots of talking about it. Like it, how much more tweets go out every time a blown call. That's happens. true. That's They're, true. And as much as I hate it and it, how many times it's affected me or you, we'll be back next week. We'll be back next week. We get over it. There's still only one NFL product out there to watch. So if you want to watch it, you're watching that one. There's only one major league football. Yeah, I agree. Well, and now the NFL is like, oh, we're going to potentially make roughing the passer calls reviewable. No. Like as much as I hate the roughing the passer calls that are being thrown, 
that's just going to slow the game down even more. They need to not worry so much about reviewing. It's just getting it right, which Get is what, right. which we've talked about. Put the refs up in the stands and like mm-hmm. give them a higher viewpoint. You can still have some on the field. Just have them talking to each other this whole time. Somebody yeah. can be watching it and be like, hey, don't throw the flag there. Don't throw the flag or that needs a flag. Let's throw that one. And they can be talking back and forth. Exactly. Or at the very least, a, a guy in the booth whose job is to solely watch the quarterback. See how he gets hit. See if the defender could have done anything to change his momentum, like something. That way you're not putting it all on the back judge. They need help. They need help. The uh, co- the refs watching receivers need help. Yeah. There's a lot of it that happens in real time that's incredibly difficult to see when you're 10 feet away. When the violence is that much more extreme mm-hmm. compared to what we're seeing in the TV. And then we can tell a big difference. Oh, that really isn't that hard of a hit. But then when you're there 10 feet away, like I've always hear, if you're on the sideline, the game seems 100 times worse. Oh, yeah. Well, and that's the thing, like these, uh, what you call it, the unsportsmanlike conduct or the uh, hitting a defenseless receiver, like where you, it looks like just he gets blown up and you're just like, oh, that's a flag. And then they replay it back. And like, oh, it hit him in the, with his shoulder pad. That was a totally, perfectly legal hit. Yeah. Textbook hit. And then they'll get flagged yeah. because it looks violent. Exactly. I mean, like, it, it is. It's just not illegal. <laughs> so, yeah, we started talking about the Patriots and the Raiders, but we're just now opening it up to a bigger issue, which I think is kind of the perfect uh, segue into our next segment. We were going to talk about the NFL officiating, Matt. <laughs> I know you have thoughts. Keep so, myself calm. Okay, I'm mm. going to give you this one. So you go ahead, and then I'll chime in. Okay, so... I want to preface this because this is, I have a lot of feelings about the Washington Commanders and the New York Giants game. This is where a lot of this comes from. Now, there's a million examples of terrible refing throughout the whole season. There's tons of them. Mm-hmm. But there's some blatant ones at the end of the game. Now, it's perfectly legit to also say, well, the Commanders should have tried to play better. Like, the Commanders blew their chance to win a bunch. Oh, they played poorly throughout the game. That's fine. But also, if you didn't watch the game, they had two chances at the end. To tie it up. And the refs blew both of the calls and took away their chances. So you can say, well, they should have won. They were trying to. They were trying to get back into the game. They still might have lost. The, the Giants might have gone down and kicked the field goal. Who knows? They deserved a chance to see what happened there. So yeah. two things that happened for people who don't know. One, the commanders ran it in for a touchdown on the four-yard line. Yes. And got flagged for improper formation. That Terry McLaurin was not on the line of scrimmage. He checked with the ref twice. So the refs aren't under an obligation to tell a player if they're off the line. They are supposed to respond correctly if asked. So if I ask you, then you are supposed to tell me yes or no. So it looks like in the first time he asks, he tells them to move forward. And then he moves forward and then checks again. And then he says, yes, it's fine. At least that's what Terry McLaurin's saying. That's what appears in the footage. That's what it looks like in the video. And then there's been multiple former referees who say that second time, everything should have been good. But if you watch the play, the ref immediately goes to his flag and is like holding it, like just ready to go after giving him like a thumbs up. He grabs yeah. his flag. He's ready. And that's the crazy thing to me. Like the same, ju- same side judge who gave you the okay, the same one who threw the flag on you. hundred percent. That's the crazy thing. <laughs> so that took a touchdown off the board. They still had to get a two point conversion. They still then had to hold the giants. They just deserved the chance to do that. But like that doesn't make any sense why the ref did that. I guess yeah. if he never checked with you, 
you're not under, it's not your job to tell a player like, Hey, you need to move up. Like, I don't want to see you doing that, but if they were aware of mine to say like, Hey, let me double check this. Then you got, like it says at that point, you're supposed to tell them what's the correct thing is. You can't lie be like, Oh, you're good. So I can flag you. Yeah. Second thing. So after the flag, <laughs> they get back. Okay. Up. And then one of the most obvious situations of defensive pass interference I've seen in a while. Oh, not in a Samuels while, but gets mugged. The guy's oh, yeah. over top. So Curtis Samuels runs into the end zone. He appears to be like, you know, they throw it to him while he has a defender who's grabbing both of his arms and just holding them back. He's he's impregnating Curtis Samuels. So like he he's cannot get his arms together to make a catch whatsoever. The guy's not playing the ball. He's just basically mugging Curtis Samuels and preventing him from moving both of his arms. Of course, yeah. I know I'm a biased Commanders fan, but when everyone else in the football world except Giants fans agree with you, I think it's pretty obvious. As someone who dealt with this in the Packers game, when T.D. Lamb got that clear DPI that wasn't called, I get it. It's so I annoying. completely get it. Just call it consistently. How do you call ticky-tack on the one and then not on the other? Be consistent. Yeah. Like If you're going to let people play, I'm actually okay with letting people play for the most part. Mm-hmm. Just... Be consistent. That's what I think we're talking about, too. Be fucking consistent with how you call plays. Yeah. And it'd be one thing if, let's say, uh, Terry McLaurin, he checked with the one side judge. And then the flag came from, like, the back judge or the other side. Someone that's who didn't different. know. Yeah, yeah. One he never checked with. That's completely different. Right? Then it's like, oh, this guy who wasn't on the play or near the ball, he made the he made the call. So then the actual side judge who gave him the okay could come over like, no, no, I, I had him. It is absolutely ridiculous that the same guy he checked was the same guy that flagged him. That makes no sense whatsoever. And I know a lot of refs like to not throw flags at the end of games. They don't want to involve themselves mm-hmm. in like the end. They want to let people play things out. Then why'd you throw the flag two plays before? Yeah. <laughs> So yeah. that doesn't make any sense, but we're seeing examples of this all throughout the league, right? This mm-hmm. isn't just a, to bring it up for just the commanders and be mad about that. We're seeing this sort of bullshit <laughs> happen repeatedly over and over again. Exactly. Like absolute terrible refereeing across the board. So many teams are getting screwed over. The one of the worst uh, roughing the passer penalties calls I've seen that one against Nick Bosa. Like, uh, what was it this past week against the Bucks? No, not the Bucks. Um, God, I forget who they were playing. Doesn't fucking matter. They ended up winning, but it was, oh, it was the Seahawks. That's who it was. Yeah. And it was clearly not a, a roughing the passer, but that didn't stop them from pulling the flag. And how rare is it that you see them like, you know what? No, I called that wrong. It's not a flag. Pick it up. That never happens on a roughing the passer call. They just doesn't matter. They always give the benefit of the doubt to the, uh, to the guy who threw it. Like it's insane to pick up a lot more of those. That's why they need the people like we were just saying. They need someone up in the booth to be like, don't throw it. It's OK. But how much worse is football now that every time a sack happens, you're sitting there holding your breath. That's 100%. not a passer. And it's 100%. Like, it could be on all of these based on what we've seen them flag them. Basically, yeah. any sack has the potential. Yeah. And. I, it drives me crazy when like the receiver or the defender's hand brushes the face mask and they throw a flag for that. Like that didn't impact the play in any way. That didn't impact the, the quarterback in any way. But because you've got this no fly zone near his head, like things are happening at a at light speed back there. 
Mm-hmm. Like, how the hell do you stop the defender who's trying to make a play on the ball if he's throwing it? The ball being thrown. Yep. Yeah. Like, how do you stop? Th- like, I. So I it's get too much the idea, but they need to change it to a forceful blow to the head. There you go. So where go it's with like that. a forceful direct. So which I'm bringing it up because I want to just talk about Giants fans. A lot of Giants fans are idiots based on what Twitter <laughs> has shown me. <laughs> I'm sure Kim Manders that's an accurate portrayal, Matt. No, no, but no, it's an accurate portrayal. <clears throat> they were trying to talk about how oh, well, there's all these other blown calls. There probably were. The referees on Sunday night were terrible. They probably blew a bunch of calls. But one thing they like to bring up is well. Um, Thibodeau, who by the way is phenomenal, he's gonna yeah, be that a, dude a ridiculous. Destroyed that game plan. He's gonna be just insane for years to come, and as long as he stays healthy, yeah. uh, he got poked in the eye. So they're like, oh well, that's a hands to the face. It's not a hands to the face penalty just because you got poked in the eye, though. If you go read the rule book, it's direct and forcible contact to the head. And mm-hmm. if you're in the trenches, accidental contact is totally fine. If you're close to people. Apply yeah. that same standard to QB blows to the head. Accidental contact, totally fine. Direct and forceful. We all can see a difference. If I'm Agreed. blocking a pass and my hand comes down and I brush you, one thing. If I come and just smack you in the head real hard, that's yeah, different. Yeah, if I try to like give you whiplash, that's <clears throat> different. Yeah, no one needs to be tackling someone with their head, right? So Agreed. that's, or if I spear you in the head, because I'm, I don't know, because I'm an idiot and can't play heads up football. Like, that's one thing. But yeah, just mm-hmm. the occasional, oh, I, I barely hit your head and then your helmet didn't even budge should not be flagged. Yeah, like I'm just, I'm just in that's like a gentle crest nine times out of ten. And that's the flag. Since but, we're on the topic. I hate the body weight one. Like oh, oh God. He landed with his full body weight. That's different. How the fuck am I supposed to stop that? It's a, I mean, we see a lot of guys now rolling, but it's not yeah. easy to do all the time. Exactly. And I think the like, big thing is what they need to do is no body slamming of the quarterback, right? Like, there you go. Where you don't do a WWE like the commanders guy did on the running backs. Like, don't pick him up and then feel like you have to body slam him. If they blow the yes. whistle and the play's over, just let him, like, put him back down gently. That's fine. Just, there you go. So let it go. That's what they need to change some like, common sense rules. The NFL is not about common sense, so I don't, I'm not holding my breath. All right. Okay. So, Matt, we've, we've given you your time to shine. Uh, I think the next one, let's, let me give my, let me do my flowers next. Go for it. All right. So we're going to, we're going to look at who's to blame for this Cowboys lost in Jacksonville. Like overall, it's the Cowboys organization is to blame for their failure to address the wide receiver position. The fact that you had Noah Brown out there as the primary read for a third and four, like this, and I don't care you're right. Twitter is the worst Twitter. The fan bases are crazy. Like, I don't know how many times I saw Cowboys fans blaming Dak for that pick six. That was a perfectly thrown ball off balance. Put it, put him in the, it hit him in the hands and he just bricked it. <laughs> just fucking bricked it. Like, yes, this is Noah Brown's fault. That's fine. But like looking at the broad picture, this is the Cowboys organization's fault. Because you did not address the position appropriately or even at a at a pace or at a at a time that was regu- that you should have. So they I mean they did address it. They traded Amari Cooper for a ham Fuck sandwich. Off. So Fuck <laughs> sorry, off. I just had to interject with that. <laughs> Fuck off, Matt. Like, uh, like okay, I appreciate the T. Y. Hilton signing, 
but you did it at week 15 or week 14. Why wouldn't you have done that at week five, week six, when it was clear you had a receipt, a, a, a significant level of skill drop off in your receivers once you get out of um, uh, once you get out of CD Lamb and then Michael Gallup who's been like, injured exactly like he was coming back from a torn ACL and you expected him to contribute at his same level from the year before the injury like what the hell are we doing like that makes no sense to me and then on top of all of that bullshit the fact that Kellen Moore made Noah Brown, the primary read when CeeDee Lamb was seven for seven, a hundred plus. He was catching everything to that point. Like, what? What are we doing? Like, I've watched that play a thousand times. I get it was like a designed rub route and Noah Brown was supposed to be open and he was, and that was the check. I get it. I do. I understand it. But CeeDee Lamb is supposed to be your number one. What do you want to do in situations? We just talked about this with the Dolphins. You feed your talent. What? And then, sorry, I got it. Going back to the possession before they tied it up, the Cowboys were at third and 10. If they'd have gotten the first down, game's over. We're all going home winners. They throw a go route to Noah Brown. Like, What the hell? Are you kidding me right now? Like, it's a third and ten. And what is your plan? Four verticals. No. At the very least, four verticals and maybe, like, Cavante Turpin dragging across. Like, clear out the clear out the secondary, clear out the safeties, get it to your speedster, he gets a first down, game's over. Like, what? What are we doing? I, I can't. I'm sorry. I, I'm done. I, I'm done. This is on the Cowboys organization. That's the end of it. So, <clears throat> great rant. Um. I feel like Kellen Moore, that's one of those things where they're overthinking themselves, right? They take themselves out of their best play because they're like, oh, I could throw to CeeDee Lamb, but they're going to be expecting that. So I'll just work to someone else. No, you're right. You drafted this guy 16 or 17 or whatever. Yeah. You traded away your number one so he could be your number one guy. Fucking throw it to him when it matters. Thank you. Don't get too fancy with it. And I was going to say in the other one, yeah, four verts on a 10. I don't. Again, they're overthinking, like, oh, they're going to be expecting us to go for a first down. So I bet we can catch them and go over the top. Then have a dump-off option. Isn't Tony Pollard pretty fucking good if he gets a dump-off in the open field? Yes! Like, yes! Just have that check down. Or how great is that if they're playing for that and they all go flying deep down the field? Then you're going to have Tony Pollard one-on-one. That's a win. Tony Pollard one-on-one with, like, a slot corner. Like, you're telling me that Tony linebacker. Pollard's not going to win that matchup nine out of ten times? I would hope so. God. So, yeah, the offensive coordinators who outthink themselves are the worst. Yeah. Because you're doing the job for the defense then. No. Exactly. How many times have we seen players with the top receiver just run like an out route or, you know, like the quick in and then they bust out to the outside? Mm -hmm. That's so hard to cover on the goal line because you're protecting the slate hard. And then all of a sudden, fuck, this guy just burned me on the outside. You know, Dak can get there. Boom. Touchdown. Easy. Not I don't not only that, but like throughout that entire game, CeeDee Lamb was making guys miss. Like he got the ball and he was getting extra yardage. I'm not saying that he wouldn't have gotten uh, I'm not saying he would have gotten the first down, but at the very least, you make the uh Chaguars use their last timeout. Like they use their last timeout and then you punt. 
as opposed to you stop the clock and then you punt, saving their timeout. Like, <sighs> I can't. I We're can't. seeing a ton of teams go away from like the West Coast where like this let receivers run, but a guy like CD Lamb is great with the ball in his hands. Exactly. I know I've seen him catch it for a slant and then just weave through people and then take it. There you go. Like, that's his greatest skill, his yards after catch, his ability, his wiggle. Why would you not want to utilize that? And again, if he doesn't get the first down, they still use a timeout. So correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't feel like he's the most, like, A.J. Brown physical guy in the world. Like, he's not You are not pointing You are not incorrect, sir. He's no, just hard to cover. Right. He's got a ton of wiggle. He's got yeah. great routes. So he gets open. He's shifty. Yes, with his shiftiness. Those guys are also great when they catch the ball, right? Yes. (laughs) Yes. They know how to do that in the middle of traffic and stuff. They've had to learn to do that because they can't be physical with you, so they have to get open one way or the other. So if they're using their speed and quickness, that works the same if they're getting open on a route or if they're catching the ball after running after the catch. So I, I, that's also I can't talk about. I can't Terry. I can't talk about that because they hate throwing him quick routes to let him run even though it's always a huge success when that happens and then yeah, just forget like, to do it, that ever it makes your brain hurt like it makes your head hurt just them trying to do too much to outthink themselves what the fuck ever whatever well, you see anyway. other teams just take easy throw after easy throw and then march down the field you're like wait what yeah why that's can't, why can't we do that that's essentially how the jags beat the cowboys mm-hmm. to neutralize the pass rush they were getting the ball out like two seconds like they're all quick quick game like, is great Thank you. Oh, whatever. Easy throws. Unless you have linebackers who can get out there quick or physical corners that can bump people off. I don't know. All right. What's the next one you want to talk about, Matt? All right. Let's see. I'm pulling up our our little list. All right. I think this could be a quick one. Yeah. We hit on them a little bit earlier. How far or how long do we trust Minnesota in the playoffs? So I know we kind of joked about if they can get timing at 1 (laughs) o'clock. But... You know, they just came back. They obviously have a great record. We're, again, I, I'm going to keep mentioning it. There are, you know, warts on all these NFC East teams. No team is perfect. I don't think any team is a favorite, even though the Eagles fans are going to kill me for saying that. Mm-hmm. There's They've had some ugly games and some ugly wins recently. They've had some convincing ones. But I think every team is beatable. How far can Minnesota go? So I think Minnesota, oh God, it's hard to know. But I... I think they get out of the wild card round. I think they lose in the divisional round when they have to go play against like San Francisco or one of those teams. Like, I think that's where they lose. Let's see right now, just so we can have a good idea. They are number two seed. They're playing the giants. I feel like they have to beat the giants. Like if it's ended right now. Yeah. The giants aren't playing that great. Oh, sorry. No, they'd be playing the commanders. That's probably still a win with the way the commanders are playing. I don't know. Commanders played them very well. The the first time, but. That one, I think, favors Minnesota. And by that point, you hope to have Chase Young on the field? Like, I'm losing. That dude is a force multiplier. So I don't know. I I will say, I think they get out of the wild card. They lose in the divisional round. What about you? I think that's a fair assessment because then they're hitting, yeah, like you said, 49ers, the Cowboys. Did you already play them and beat them? Uh, 40 to 3. Yeah. Yeah. Beat them bad. The Eagles, I think, are going to match up well against them. They already beat them earlier. They're also playing at home. So uh, unless they get super lucky and like one of these weak teams get through and then they end up playing them too. They need like two of these like six and seven seeds, like yeah. somehow both of them to win. That way they get them. <laughs> and then they have a lot more chance. But yeah, of course they can't because they're playing the 
seven seats. So. Sorry for your luck. So they're probably at worst, at best, uh, if they say the Giants went through and they, you know, right now Minnesota would have to bounce the Commanders. Then they're playing. Uh, if the Giants get through, they're playing the Cowboys. So I don't yeah. think that's super favorable for them. Agreed. All right. So then you're going with wild card round. They get they get through, but they get bounced in the division round. I think so. I'm good with that. That's about as far as I'm willing to trust them right now. That makes sense. All right. And then I think this is another quick one we can hit. Uh, do you think Detroit Lions make the playoff push? You think they get it done? Oh, shit. I, I hope not. <laughs> 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 they get in, they're basically bouncing the commanders, which if you look at the schedule, the Lions are hotter right now and they mm-hmm. have an easier schedule. That's exactly what I'm looking at. So that is a much easier schedule. Ozmakers are giving it to the Lions. They're smarter than me. Like mm-hmm. my betting has shown that, even though bonus at the end. I'll talk some mm-hmm. about that. Uh, I'm, I'll go with the Ozmakers right now. I think the Lions get in at seven. Like, holy shit. That's insane to say, but I think they make it. And if that's the case, they've already beat the Minnesota Vikings. So and they're playing fucking hot right now. Like they are playing really is well hitting right now. on all points. So interesting. I'm kind of with you. I think that they they complete the improbable run. Like what a great they, time for Lions fans. Yeah, I think they sneak into the postseason at what not oh ten and seven. Like right now they're seven seven and they're seven and seven. So if you look at their yeah. schedule. Find me some losses. They're not there. Uh, I don't see it. I mean, I think the Bears might give them a problem January 1st just because of the way that Bears offense runs through Justin Fields. But outside of that, I think they run this tape. So like they, they run these last three games. If you told me they were going nine and eight last year. I would not yeah. believe you. <laughs> it's true. No Lions fan would believe you either. They've been like, wait, what? No. But you even last year, though, you saw that this team was on the cusp. They lost a, a bunch of nail biters, a lot of close games, a bunch of heartbreakers. They found I think ways now to they're, lose. They're, they're, they're putting it together. It's been very impressive. The second half, too, like where you want to be hot, they're getting hot. Where you want to play well, that second half of the season, they're just doing great. So, like, first, first half, they weren't in the playoffs. Obviously, they weren't doing that well. Yeah. They're making a great run. So, of course, I've seen that happen. And then a lot of times you lose steam, but it happens. Yeah. So who knows well, how far they'll get, but it's, it's going to be fun for lions fans. Yeah. So like, I'm just looking at it here. The lions they're most of their losses on the season outside of, uh, I guess it was the week five game against the, uh, the Patriots. All of their losses are three to four point differentials. Almost every game this season. Again, we, I said it earlier, like every game is like a one score game. Yeah. The Vikings, if they, flipped their one score games like if they lost them instead of won them they would be three and eleven like it would just <laughs> reverse all these teams almost all of them are winning close right now which is why it's hard to really say any team i trust a ton agree going far because you know on these one score games if they just have one bad break at the end my team got that happen like one score games are tough it could go either way all right okay well then Matt, why don't we go ahead and close out with some of these games that we're looking forward to that has potential playoff implications. Ooh, okay, okay. All right, so I think the first game I've got here is the Jacksonville Jaguars against the Jets. Jags are in the hunt. In They're the hunt. close. Playing better than the Jets right now. The Jets are fading. Especially, it's true. You had to go back to our favorite quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson. 
I'm going to give it to Jacksonville. They're playing a lot better. They seem to have gotten the things, their scheme figured out for what's working with Trevor Lawrence. He's figured it out or they figured each other out. And then the Jets, you know, like you like to always point out, I'm going with the better quarterback. I'll leave it there at you that. Go. Jacksonville. Perfect, perfect pick, Matt. I'm going exactly where, where you are. I'm going with Jacksonville. So what's the next game we got here? Uh, you We have New Orleans and Cleveland. New Orleans is still in the hut. <laughs> it's, it's true. In that it's terrible true. south. They're still in the hut. I don't know. Is Cleveland, or are they completely done? Oh, Cle- Cle- yeah, Cleveland's done. So They're not making it. Cleveland is just playing to see how Deshaun Watson does. New Orleans is actually in the hunt. I still, I don't think New Orleans has a whole ton this year. They just win against the Falcons. I was wrong on that one, guys. Surprise. Uh, same here. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with the Browns, though. Okay. I am going to go with the New Orleans Saints, just for the simple fact that I would love to play them in the postseason. <laughs> that would be <laughs> ridiculous, but yeah. <laughs> Man, that AFC South, or NFC South spot is just going to be blown out in that first week. Cannot wait. Uh, you know what? Let me stop. Let me stop talking shit because the Cowboys will get in there and shit the bed. <laughs> Let me stop. Let me stop. All, All right. right. Uh, next game we've got here. Another playoff implication for the NFC South. Oh. Tampa Bay, Arizona. I have to go with Tampa Bay primarily because everything is just falling apart for Arizona. Just completely. Oh, yeah. So between two bad teams, Tampa has more going on for it. So I'll go with Tampa. <laughs> there you go. I, I think you said it perfectly. I have nothing else to add. I'm going with the Bucks as well, sir. And game of the week, game of the season, I think, up until, what, two days ago when Jalen Hurts got listed as injured. I'm looking at the Cowboys-Philadelphia uh, Eagles game. What you got, You're Matt? hoping this is a NFC championship preview, aren't you? I am. I That's, really am. Guys, like, he is almost there. Like, you don't know, but I can tell on the inside he's holding it back. He doesn't want to believe. <sighs> like, if they had just yeah. maybe won, not, like, screwed up a little bit more these last two weeks, it would be Le- completely crazy right now. Legit. If we would have just held those leads at, in Green Bay and at Jacksonville, like, this game could be giving us the opportunity to play for the number one seed. This like, game could oh. be huge. But in this situation, it's not. It's not. So even though you said game of the week, like record wise, sure. I don't know how much these two teams have to play for other than just at this point, stay healthy. Yeah. They're both at this point, both locked locked into the, yeah, to the playoffs. Like just get in there healthy. I don't even know if the Cowboys can lose the five seed right now. I'm going to pull it up real quick. Are they locked? No, they're five. Yeah. They're locked in the five. So neither team has a ton to play for. So. I'm gonna I mean, Cowboys you can make the argument Jalen Hurts is injured and they're probably going to be even more worried now. So. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I think you can make the argument that you are still playing for the division. Like the Eagles haven't locked up the division yet. Like if yeah, they lose. Yeah. So like if they lose to the Cowboys, they lose another time and the Cowboys run the table. Cowboys they win switch. the division. So. Right. So you can make the argument. I don't know how how I'm important it is. Yeah. Like. To me, I'd rather get into get healthy. January healthy. So I think both teams are more else. thinking that. But yeah, oh, you yeah. have a healthy starting quarterback. So I'm going to go with the Cowboys. Okay. Uh, I want to say the Cowboys, but I'm going to go with the Eagles. Just for the simple fact is when we meet them in the playoffs, you know how hard it is to beat a team three times? Real tough. Especially a good team. A quality team. It, exactly. So 
Let the Eagles win. Let them keep talking shit. And then hopefully we would meet them in the playoffs. And then that's where we get our redemption song. So you want to lose the battle to win the war. That's why I'm here. Yes, sir. I'm long game in it. Long game. Okay. Okay. So, so I'm I, going with the Eagles. I predicted the Cowboys, though. So you're probably going to get your wish. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Matt. And you did mention the bonus coverage. How were your bets this week? So in a shocking turn of events... I've actually made some money recently. I've Uh-oh. transferred thirty dollars back to my, like, out of my betting account. I was like, I'm gonna save bank this money. I started with ten, I went up to forty, and then I transferred thirty out. So I back to my original ten, but like I have won quite a bit. So what I've been doing is just kind of watching for the sports boost they call it, like their special odds boost ones, mm-hmm. and then a lot of times they'll keep it running even during the game. Oh. And so if it if it seems to be going okay, then I jump on board with it. Like I got Saquon. Well, one I just did because I was pretty obvious. Like Saquon Barkley, sixty rushing. Terry McLaurin, sixty receiving. They have both been putting up good numbers and against each other. That mm-hmm. one hit. Uh, I got Derrick Henry, Jamar Chase, each scoring a touchdown. I think I bet that after one of them already had a touchdown. So I was oh, like, damn. I think Derrick Henry <laughs> had it. And I was like, oh, I just need Jamar Chase to get one. Okay, I'll put a couple bucks. And then. Yeah, that was a safe bet. I've been winning like one, $2 bets, but it's been good odds on them because there's okay. kind of like prop bets. I got Kittle 75 yards in San Francisco to win. That one hey. made a good, like 10 bucks. Matt, you're, you're slow and steady wins the race. Like that mentality works, man. So I've been eking out some wins. I've, I was pissed off. I had two almost win me, uh, or Dalvin Cook almost got me 10 bucks, but he was five yards short. I had 100 yards, and Minnesota Vikings to win. When they were coming oh. back, I bet that at plus 1,000, so 10 to 1. I bet oh. a buck. They obviously pulled out the win, but he was five yards short. No. So I was, I was pissed about that one. Wow, big guy. You know what? I think you're on to something. I might try my hand this week. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a page out of your book, see if I can win myself some money. Josh Allen also, even though he had a great game, I had him three twenty-five passing yards and to win, and he obviously oh. what we talked about his three hundred and four, so slightly off. But yeah, I've been hitting some good ones. Uh, I got a little overly confident a couple of times, but these like prop bets during the game have been pretty good. Like we're like, oh, I'm just gonna ride their momentum to a win. This guy gets it. Okay, well, guys, you just got your your free betting advice from Matt here. Clearly, he's taking a turn. Jump on board. Win yourself some money. Uh, I used DraftKings. Matt used FanDuel, right? FanDuel, because DraftKings won't let me bet on them. So there you go. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> well, guys, this is our, our episode. It's been fun, as always. Can't wait to talk about more shit with you guys next week. All right. Till next week. It's Matt. I'm out. Bye.